You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay, and in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. There will be time to talk more about Dark Souls 3, but that is not this day. It is time for IGN GameScoop. What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Kevin Hatfield. Joining me this week, Justin Davis, Jared Petty, Sam Claiborne. Three scoops. Got a great show for you this week. We're going to talk a little bit more about that Tetris movie. We're going to talk. <laughs> that sounds suspicious. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about uh, a feature that need, that is sorely lacking from today's consoles. But first, Ooh. E3. I've heard of it. The Electronic Entertainment Expo. Yeah. You wanted to call it the Electronic Gaming Expo. I did. And I was like, E-G. Don't call it the E3 Expo. No, don't call it that because that's, that's redundant. Like, that's like yeah. ATM machine. That's yeah. a problem for the and Department of Redundancy. Video. Yeah, Re- Department of Redundancy Department. Uh, E3 is on the horizon, ever ever approaching. Every day it gets a little bit closer. We're like so hyped. Three yeah. weeks away. It's like it's, for people that for people that don't work in this business, it's just hype. For people that have jobs like ours, it's half hype, half dread. Yeah, hype and spreadsheets in about equal proportion. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of spreadsheets. <laughs> We're good at spreadsheets. It's amazing though. how important spreadsheets are to E3. I'm knowledge. good at 2D shooters and spreadsheets. <laughs> so if you combine I'm those Not good somehow. at Dark Souls. Well, if you combine them, you get that weird shooter that was built into the Excel 90, was it 95? Yeah. yeah. I don't know what you're talking about, but that sounds boring. There's a, there's yeah. a video game hidden in Excel. Oh, yeah. I've read about that. I've never played it, though. Anyway, I think it's time to take stock in all the games we know of coming to E3. All of them? This wow. year. All of them. Is this Sam. a list that perhaps I worked on? It is a list that perhaps you worked on. Perhaps I worked on it a bit as well. Yeah. This is going to be an 11 hour long game. Story. No, it's not too bad. Actually, the, uh, according to IGN.com, yeah. a website I frequent, well, the list of confirmed games is actually not that long. What is it, like 14 or 15? It's like, I'm eyeballing about 30 games that are confirmed. Here's the thing, they, they, we know games are going to be there because they announced last E3, well, but, but the company won't confirm to us that yeah. they're going to be there. So we have a list of games that are probably going to be there, and then we have a list of games that are absolutely confirmed, and we, we get those daily. I mean, I get people, yeah. inter, like that they emailed me directly and say, can we get on this list? We know we're going to be there, but mm-hmm. you know, they're not making well, yeah. news about it. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes companies, so, it's really funny seeing how different publishers, some are so open and honest. Yeah. Yeah, we're showing off game ABC. It's gonna be awesome. And then sometimes they're oddly cagey. Yeah. We're like, hey EA, are you showing off Mirror's Edge? The game's you know out right then. And they're like, I don't know. Well, people get afraid. No, maybe. maybe. Well, like there has there is a history of some games being at E3 and then skipping. The Metroid Dread situation, where where like there was a game that was on the list of games that was going to be shown and it never materialized. Mm-hmm. Like as of a day before. That game was coming out, and then just nothing. I think conference. I don't think that was ever real. I thought that was faked. What the Metroid Dread thing? Yeah, well, Metroid Dread was text. I think was that text in 
uh, Metroid Prime 3. Yeah. But I also, it I believe. It said something, 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 Metroid Dread. As I've heard the story, story told. Uh, so it's it definitely was on, in another game. It was on a press release the day before, like a list of games that was going to be out during the conference. I thought that was faked. I'm not sure. It but might be. There's a hissing sound in the studio, so there may be a gas leak in here. If the four of us pass out on this video, please, someone on YouTube, uh, let the authorities know that we are, we are in need of assistance here in the IGN studio. Sure. Surely not, uh, not Sean in the studio or someone else watching this. <laughs> no, it's, just, it's just a light. I'm not sure how this video would ever make its way it's on a light YouTube. <laughs> leaking gas. That's not how it works. I thought it's we. The, they're all. Locked. I thought we shot the uh, show in here and then it just got it's, up on YouTube. It just gets beamed yeah. to YouTube. <laughs> We're all just. It's the bl ultimate blooper. Yeah. Uh, anyway, games confirmed to be at E3 2016 in alphabetical order, starting with Attack on Titan. I for forgot that video game was in the works. I know. Uh, I, I, I'm a little surprised that's not out already. Also, but I'm, I'm not sure what the uh, if there's still a rabid fan base for that. No, Titans stuff. aren't going to attack themselves. Mm -hmm. That's true. Yeah. I mean, they might. Battlefield One. <laughs> ah. The next Battlefield. Yeah, I, really. Did, the second best trench digging game to come out in the last decade. What was I, the first one? Minecraft. Oh. Yeah, that's that's very good. Yeah. I, I like that. Astute observation. Thank you. Yeah. The Xbox. Excited, oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Excited about the airplanes. I want to I want to fly an airplane. Uh, I like World War One uh, aircraft. They're biplanes. You know, yeah, biplanes, triplanes. They're they're very uh, they're very distinctive. Triplanes, get yeah. out of here. What the Fokker DR one triplane? That's what the Red Baron flew. Now yeah, definitely now get out of here. You gotta believe. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. But triplane's really cool. Stop with pup. Another good triplane. Are you a World War One camel? Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited about this game. Are you a World War One? That's the least surprising <laughs> Jared Petty fact. You want to talk about the Battle of Jutland? I am here for a you. Couple but, a couple people in the office care deeply about yeah. World War One. That's hmm. yeah. a it's yeah, a, it's a it's setting. World War One's a, a very interesting time in history. It's yeah, kind of, uh, the rise of mechanized warfare. Yeah, sure, I hate that Kaiser so much. <laughs> Who Kaiser Sose? All of them. Oh, okay. All the Kaisers. Uh, Square Enix is bringing something called Black the Fall, mm -hmm. a PC game. What the heck? What is that? You're going to have to, you can click through on IGN.com to read more about a game called Black the Fall from Square Enix. Mm -hmm. You would feel like, I mean, maybe I'm just exposing my own ignorance here, but, uh, you know, there's certain games that I play a lot of and certain games that I'm not as familiar with. Very rare is there a game that I have just never heard of. Yeah. <laughs> I've never, what about never Aero even Blasters? heard of its existence. What? Aero Blasters. I know Aero Blasters. You're going to be hearing more just, about Aero Blasters it. soon. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We got yeah. to what, what level? Did you get to four? For you. Yeah, good job. But I continue many times. Uh, Black the Fall is apparently an action game from the Square Enix Collective. Yeah, it's it's like oh. a, it's something they're publishing that's being made by a, a not normally Square Enix studio. If I remember yeah, they do their, uh, their. I don't want to call it Kickstarter, but they're more like democratize. Like, hey, here are these eight games. You know, should we publish some of them? They have this whole sort of system in place for sort of elevating mm -hmm. indies. I yeah. believe that there's two games in the Collective coming out at yeah. the show at least cool. this year. Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. Mm -hmm. Will be at E3. Looks cool, but yeah. that, I don't know about that. Doesn't have mustard gas. No. Probably doesn't even have trenches. Are you no. sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Mustard gas. To, Future oh, mustard gas. Yeah. Go on the record, probably no <laughs> mustard gas. Probably. All right. Maybe triplanes, though. I'm hoping so. That'd be a space triplanes? Yeah, space triplanes. Oh, space triplane. Civilization Six was yep. just unveiled. It will be at E3. That's, that's, a, that's a cool deal. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be a hard game. E3 is an interesting show because there's games that, you know, I just know everyone knows up and down, end to end, it's going to be an excellent game, but it just doesn't demo at E3. Well, it's such a, you can't just like jump into it and now you're playing it. No, because you get, right? like, for two reasons. One, it's just loud as hell, yeah. mm -hmm. loud and hot. And two, you get, you know, maybe like a good 10, 12 minute, maybe 15 minute chunk of time with a game. And so it's like, what are you going to, what are you going to do in Civ 6 in that time? Yeah, I, my, built, I built a road. I my, founded Athens. Exactly. I founded a town and off I went. Uh, my very first professional writing job was the Civ Five guide for mm. uh, for 1UP. And mm. I think you got to play a Civ game for 50 hours before you really have any idea what's going on. Yeah, if so, it's good or not. Yeah. You guys like that new art style? I love Some it. People are complaining yeah. about the, it. the game's gorgeous. I like I read Dan Stapleton's very well-written preview um, mm -hmm. that uh, went over some of the changes that the game's making. I think they're super smart. Super hyped for that game. It's got World War One in it. Oh, it's got World War One technology. World War Two technology. Future mm -hmm. tech. Future tech, indeed. Deus Ex Mankind Divided. Yep. Again. We'll be there. Yeah. And then it's out it's shortly out after. Morning. It's out in August, right? Yep. Um, August. I feel, like not, I feel like not enough people they're talking about that game. Like, Human Revolution was so good. Well, they kind of went yeah. dark. I mean, they, yeah, they released some screenshots been... in December, and they did one trailer in April, and that's kind of been it. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm stoked for that game. There has, I've, I've seen some viral marketing even around San Francisco. Oh, really? Uh, posters on walls that say like, uh, well, what do they call like the augment, augment yeah. people in there? Like, no augments allowed, things like that. Oh, weird. I haven't seen it yet. Maybe that's too subtle for me. Um, you don't really get around, out around the city too much, Justin. What? I don't think so. Okay. Uh, I'm, just, I, I'm just making an observation, right. not a judgment call. Correct me if I'm wrong. Make some observations <laughs> about you next time. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Dishonored 2 will be at the show. Rats with bombs. Bethesda, Bethesda has their own conference on Sunday. One of the biggest sleeper hits of last generation, getting a you know a bigger budget sequel. Um, yep. Just couldn't be more excited. Do we know? So the first Dishonored sort of surprised some people for not being open world. Um, mm -hmm. The environments were all big and gave you lots of opportunities to traverse in different directions. But it was directions, level based. But it was level based. Yeah. Do, is the sequel the same? Have they talked about that? I guess I'm not I sure. I didn't read. Uh, Lucy O'Brien wrote an uh, excellent preview of mm -hmm. that game on IGN, but I um, it was like two pages, and I was only able to kind of read the first page. So I, I feel like Dishonored is the kind of game I'd prefer to come in a level design. I, I feel like that that game might work better with more tightly scripted, like local areas that you can do a lot yeah. of. Experimentation. Carefully thought yeah. out. Yeah, exactly. Whale oil. Uh, whale oil, indeed. That game is awesome. Whale? Whale? Whale. Uh, Final Fantasy XV will be at the show, also coming later this summer. It's going to make Final Fantasy great again? I mean, we hope so. That game is impossibly gorgeous. It's really, really pretty. I love Final is Fantasy. Is it prettier than Uncharted 4, though? No, goodness gracious, so, no. <laughs> it's possibly gorgeous. Yeah, that would be a tough feat. Yeah, but I mean, it's not technically, I don't think it's going to be technically gorgeous either on consoles. I think it's going to look like good. Saying, like, that's like saying, look at that woman, she's gorgeous. And it's like, yeah, but there she is gorgeous. <laughs> okay, for the record, I did not say anything about objectifying women. I was talking about it. Well, video I mean, whatever, like, whatever you want to compare it to. Like, I'm like. Don't double down, Justin. Is, it, <laughs> is she a supermodel gorgeous? He's double down. Again, I, th I think speaking of gorgeous, like we had to focus on the four fabulous men and the road trip that may—I mean—that are the center That's of this cast. They are gorgeous those, men. Those are some. Let me tell you, when those dudes wake up in the tent in the Deuce <laughs> demo, there is not a hair out of place. <laughs> no one has ever looked better after sleeping outdoors than those guys. The only point I'm trying to make is to compare a game to Uncharted 4 visually is just unfair to any okay. game, and especially right. a game that's an open-world game. All right. I that think that uh, Final Fantasy 12 is incredible, and it gives me a lot of 12 vibes. I'm. I'm very hyped for uh, 15. Uh, the next Forza will be at the show. I guess it's just called Forza. I'm not a big racing game guy myself. Something called Fury, F-U-R-I, sure. will be at E3. A new Guilty Gear, Guilty Gear Exerd Revelator will mm -hmm. be at the show. Okay. I liked the original Guilty Gear, but that was like 20 years ago. There have been some, some good Guilty Gears. There was a Wii Guilty Gear game that was really good. I'd say uh, it's an underrated fighting franchise, I hear, from Vince Ingenito. <laughs> so I'm told by Vince. <laughs> Hitman will be at the show again, even though uh, the episodes have started rolling out. Yep. So we have two. I don't, I don't, how many more are planned? Does anybody know? I'm not sure. No one knows. No. There's I no way of knowing. Six or seven, I think, if I remember correctly. So is, was the second episode as big as the first in terms of a huge giant environment for you to explore and a bunch of missions uh, what I was, No, it's one big mission against one large environment with one kind of big mission that you can come at many different ways. Mm -hmm. That's that's Hitman's thing. Each new area... No, 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 each no I know, but each area is, yeah. had like, you know, 50 things you could do within it. Yeah, well, there's 50 things, 50 ways you can do the same thing. That's more, that'd be more accurate. Well, that's not true. It had, you're, you're, you could follow different people around and it had all these different little tick boxes for things you could do. Well, you're following there. people, but you're, ultimately you're killing the same person no. Right. people, you're just following different people to do it. I mean, uh, there really it, are levels each DLC. Yeah, that. this is a, it's a neat game. Uh, I, I don't, I don't like the rollout model at all, but like when this is all finished, I'll probably buy it because it's fun. Hmm. Yeah, people have been enjoying the content. They would yeah. just like it to probably have it all at once. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I Am Setsuna, Square Enix is kind of rolling deep. Yeah. Uh, the C3, another Square Enix game, uh, which is apparently I Am Setsuna is a Chrono Trigger in all but name only. So if you like Chrono Trigger, I don't think it has time travel, though. Good news. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just sort of a, a Chrono Trigger-esque JRPG. The battle system is similar. Now, okay. let me ask you this, Sam and Jared. Just Cause 3 is on our list. Well, they worked on the wiki. I don't think oh. you did. No. Yeah, we worked on Just, the Just Cause 3 is going to be at E3? Uh, I didn't put Just Cause 3 on that list, so I don't right. know why it's on there, but if they okay. say it's going to be there, that means in some press release somewhere, they sent us something. This is a wiki, so maybe some Yahoo came in. Yeah. Uh, in maybe, Yahoo, case, maybe someone from Yahoo we keep a pretty is good, messing with us. Pretty close eye on this one. I'm saying that now. It'll be vandalized by thousands. But um, we watch it pretty closely, and I think that that's on there because somebody told us they'd be showing something with that. Maybe there's some... DLC. Well, it is not uncommon for games that are already out to still have kiosks at E3 for various reasons, and so it could just be that. Maybe just for fun. Yeah. 
Just cause. One might say. Yeah. It's probably a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> we know the Legend of Zelda for Wii U. Yeah. We'll be at the show. It's the only playable game Nintendo's bringing. Yeah. yeah. Nintendo's yeah. doubling down should on it. Should have a huge presence. So excited about the return of the blue tunic. Haven't had it back since the original Legend of Zelda <laughs> with a blue ring. Really. <laughs> that you, have a blue tunic. <laughs> you have a blue tunic in Ocarina of Time. Where do you have a blue tunic? Yeah, you get to breathe underwater. You breathe underwater. You're right. I, I have failed. It's also America. in Majora's Mask. I failed him. Yeah, but that's not really the Zelda game. Whoa! Uh, <laughs> Spitting hot fire. Um, In my ignorance. I just hope the booth this year is like a big Zelda yeah. exhibit. You know, like Disneyland for Zelda. They also announced today that 500 fans in New yeah, York are cool. also going to get to oh, wow. That's going to be a, a bloodbath is what that's going to yeah. be. Yeah, yeah, probably. I mean, yeah, it just bums me out. People, it's going to be hot. People are going to be camping for a few days to play yeah. Zelda. Summer in New York. Man, and then they're just going to put it out as a demo a month later. Yeah. I just I, my hype level for that game is through the roof. Yeah. Um, I, we're I, actually gonna like get they're gonna blow it out at E3. We're actually gonna finally know. find out so what this exciting. game is. We're gonna find out what the subtitle is if it has one. Um, yeah. You know, I hope just, it's not The Legend of Zelda One. Yeah, I know. Hmm. Um, we're gonna or get a, we're gonna we're finally gonna you know have a more thorough understanding of how big and open that world is and yep. how you know the puzzle solving and dungeons fit into that. I just think the thing that I really gives me hope for that game is just the art. I think it's striking the perfect mixture of you know stylized and realistic. It's just all it's so gorgeous and beautiful. Um, uh, yeah, I really, really am excited. I, st- I agree with you. It's stunning. It's it's incredible to look at. I I really do hope that given this big open world focus they keep talking about, maybe, maybe, maybe we'll go back to one of Sam's favorite themes and it'll be more like Zelda 1 where it is a true take it in whatever order you want game. That that That's thrilling. I'd like mm-hmm. to see the mm-hmm. franchise take a step in that direction again because it has yeah. been a long time. Zelda games, and I <clears> love them. I love almost all of them, uh, have become increasingly linear, linear experiences. It's on a system powerful well, enough to have run Skyrim. A link to the Skyrim wasn't on it. A link to the yeah. what the hell is it called? The 3DS one. A link uh, between worlds. Oh, a link between worlds. A link yeah. between worlds did that. Gives you some openness. Certainly more than a link to the past did. Stuff, but yeah, yeah. It, it gives you some openness there. That's You've true. got some options at the at the way you take things. That's a very a good openness. point. You could do like yeah. I think four of the dungeons in mm-hmm. any order you want. Yeah, that one and seasons both give you some of those options. Um, but yeah, I, I liked a link between worlds, except it was fugly. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of open world uh, games, Mafia Three. Yep. Will be at E3. Mm-hmm. I think people kind of forget how massive that, like, Mafia 2 was a huge deal and a massive hit and a great yeah. game, you know, and 3 seems like, uh, it, they're walking that fine line, like, the mature story, you know, with the Vietnam vet and stuff can just come off in the wrong way, or if they treat it with the respect they should, it can come off just right, and yeah. so far, they're, it definitely seems like they're making all the right calls. Yeah, 60s-based Dixie Mafia crime story, I mean, that sounds, that's everything I want in life, but will the video game be able to convey that story in an intelligent, engaging way? That's a very hard thing to do in the structure of a game. Stories are, are difficult to tell, in those, especially in a big open world setting. If they pull it off, I, I can't think of anything I'd rather play. Another game we've been waiting a long time to really uh, have the curtain pulled back on what it actually is, is Mass Effect Andromeda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. No, well, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, just, I'm actually more disappointed than anything about Mass Effect because I wanted to play it this year, not see it at E3. I, mean, mm. I was hoping it'd be a fall game, game yeah. but it's got delayed. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've just said on GameScoop before that I love their emphasis on the frontier and exploring the frontier and just pushing the limits of, uh, you know, explorable space. And being in a space video game and going somewhere that no human has ever been before, you know, in the fiction of that world is just the most exciting thing for me. And I, I really like that as an emphasis and focus of a Mass Effect game. Yeah, that Ghost Riders trailer was so beautiful last year. It just, just absolutely grabbed it. It's like, oh, the perfect yeah. pairing, but it didn't actually show us very much. Yeah, I mean, I hope yeah. the game's good. I hope, you know, the characters are good and interesting. Yeah. The writing's good. Like, all that is just a giant question mark. But the, the overarching theme, you know, really has me excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another one for racing fans, Moto Racer 4 mm-hmm. will be at E3. And what's this game, Neo? Uh, Neo? With your guy that looks N- like a ninja N-I-H-O. witcher. N-I-O-H. Oh, oh I don't know I don't anything O-H. about this at all. Uh, what's interesting, the only thing I remember about that, I think... I watched a demo of it that the UK team did. Yeah. It's like a horror-type game. Well, it's like three uh, third-person action. The interesting thing about that is that game was announced... I think literally a decade ago. Mm-hmm. Like, it's almost Last Guardian-esque where that game was announced for a previous console generation and then just disappeared. And people are like, remember that weird game, Neo? That mm-hmm. got canceled. And then it's just back. 
Yep. Like of all the things to bring back, like that one came back around, and you can see the old like screenshots from like the mid two thousands. It's really funny. bizarre. Also, I fooled around with an early build of Motor Racer Four not oh. too long ago, and it was that was actually quite a bit of fun. Yeah, yeah. Arcade uh, racer or simulator? Uh, arcade racer. It's like a, it's a motocross arcade racer, okay. a uh, motorbike thing, and it was it was like a hey pick up and play excite bike kind of thing. It was it was fun. Much to the light of Andrew Goldfarb, Persona 5 will be at E3. Mm -hmm. maybe, hopefully he uh, and other Persona fans will finally get a release date for the West. Yeah, that, that, I'm looking forward to that too. Uh, Are you looking forward to Sheeran the Wanderer, the Tower of Fortune, and the Dice of Fate? Uh, of all the games on this list, that's probably the one I'm most excited about. Most yeah, anticipated game I, of E3 that we've mentioned so far for Jared is Sheeran the Wanderer, the Tower of Fortune, and the Dice of Fate. Yeah, Sheeran games are, are all good. They're all 100 hours long and Beautiful and easy to pick up and play, and just endless, endless entertainment. I, I, I haven't played a sharing game I didn't enjoy. It's one of the original roguelikes. It's one of the original console roguelikes. It's a roguelike, but it's very accessible. It, it, okay. it takes, it strips away most of the layers of frustration and obduracy off of those, and just kind of pairs it down to, all right, look, you instantly understand what you're trying to do here. Now it's just a matter of can you pull it off, and you keep building and building and building toward that one perfect run to get to the end of the game. And unlike most roguelikes, it does allow you to kind of store things away between gameplay, uh, yeah. between play so and I, play, and also to change the world. Like, like you change, or, or you never change, but the world does. The things you do cause the world to change. Hmm. And then when you come back through, the evidence of your last passing causes something to alter and make the game different and usually moving your When favor. was the first one out? Was that PlayStation? It was a Super Nintendo game. Oh, it was, uh, it was Nintendo. released only in Japan. Uh, the first year under release in the United States was for the DS. Okay. Uh, it was uh, published by Sega during the CF. And that was a remake of the Super Famicom version. Another one from Square Enix, Star Ocean, Integrity, and Faithlessness. Mm -hmm. We there, PS4, and that one's coming to PS3 as well. JRPG. Exciting. Uh, Siberia 3. Isn't yeah. Siberia a point-and-click adventure series? Yeah. It is. Uh, yeah, I guess I didn't even. Did they kickstart Siberia 3? I want to say. I guess. Uh, no, I don't know if they kickstarted it or not. It's being developed uh, right now. I think. Might be thinking of Longest Journey. I think. I know they kickstarted journey. that. Yeah, uh, I don't know if they kickstarted Siberia 3, but it's deep in development. I think it's coming out this this winter, and uh, again, I got a very early look at that as well here in the office not too long ago. Uh, one of the guys working on that came over, and it's it's a point and click adventure game, and it looked pretty and interesting. And if you're looking for a Lucas Artsy point and click adventure game, that's that's what they showed me. Well, who's not? Another one from Square Enix, I'm telling you. Big show for these guys. The Turing Test, which I assume is another Square Enix collective. It is game. a collective game, and I don't know anything about it. Alan Turing. Yeah. Came up with the Turing Test. Yeah, world he, hero. He invented okay. Benedict Cumberbatch. He invented Benedict Cumberbatch. What was the name of that movie? Uh, oh, oh, now, uh, the Imitation Game? The Imitation Game. Yeah, that was good. I want to see that. Oh, Turing, Turing is amazing, man. It's yeah. good. Good movie. Uh, Titanfall 2. We'll be at E3. Mm -hmm. Confirmed. Some leaks about that today, yesterday, this week. I missed this. Am I wrong? No, I don't this? know about this. Is there going to be a single player mode? I think there's some leaked info. I don't. That's what everyone is crossing their fingers. Well, for. but uh, but I thought they confirmed that. I Am I crazy? Uh, well, they haven't like unveiled it, right? Oh no, it was but just I a, thought they a teaser video it. and. I, I, it'd be nuts for them not to do that. It's like what everybody criticizes the game for. That game played so good. It's another Warhammer 40K game, Inquisitor, Martyr. I feel like there's just so Warhammer many. 40K, colon, Inquisitor, colon, Martyr. That's two my colons. favorite title on the yeah. list, definitely. Yeah. You know, it has two colons. Yeah. It's wizards. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that game. <laughs> <laughs> but, what about, but what about elves? They have three. <laughs> uh, that game, the game we mentioned, Siberia 3, is from publisher Microids. Microids has another game called Yesterday Origins. Yeah, uh, which is another adventure game. Uh, this one about uh, about immortals. Uh, so you're kind of jumping around between different time periods, playing these people that are alive in the Middle Ages and modern day. And neat. Right. Yeah, I got a neat little preview of it. It's again point and click adventure game. Very very classical kind of uh, obtuse puzzles. Uh, I like that kind of thing. Some people do, some people don't. All right, a game I am very very excited for is Ukulele. Coming to E3, yeah, the kick-started kick new Banjo-Kazooie-like. Well, have you heard the conspiracy theory? Well, so this is what I wanted to bring this up. This is like from the, the original team from Rare mm -hmm. that worked on the original Banjo-Kazooie. the honeycomb thing? Yeah. I'm just saying, what are they doing? <laughs> you looked at me like I was a maniac in the office. A total maniac. No, that honeycomb so, thing is legit. To people who aren't up to date, Ukulele is a new Banjo-Kazooie-like game from the yeah. team that made the original Banjo-Kazooie. Uh, it's supposed to be out this fall, and they've been like uh, releasing information and characters. But slowly. not a rare new developer. Yeah, yeah it's from a new developer, Platonic. Yeah. Uh, but it is members of the original Rare right. team, and now they're like teasing stuff on their Twitter. They tease stuff like 
forms signed, legal documents annotated, and then they like posted an image of the honeycomb from Banjo Kazooie. No, it was a honeycomb. Of a? No, it's a hexagon. It's a. Let me just totally... point out, it's not even a honeycomb. It's a hexagon. hexagon. Okay, but like hexagons are you're you're it's making a, me sound like I'm <laughs> a conspiracy. Like when you when you see a hexagon like that, people's minds go to Banjo Kazooie. So here's what either happened: either either ukulele is has some kind of Banjo Kazooie tie-in. Or those guys that play tonic are assholes because <laughs> <laughs> they know what they're doing. Yeah, it's, it's like not Richard like... Dreyfuss staring at a staring at a hexagon, going, "This means something." But it does mean something. It does. I, they I know what they're doing. So either yeah. either we're in for some very good news, or they're really riling people up for nothing. Well, maybe maybe, maybe you stick maybe you stick banjo in the Microsoft version of it. I mean that makes maybe a lot of sense. That's the Xbox version has banjo in it. You know that, yeah. that's because this mean, game I, is supposed to come to all platforms, and uh, Banjo Kazooie that property is yeah. owned by Microsoft now. I've heard I've heard a couple of I heard. I've heard a couple of theories. Yeah. Uh, one, uh, th three things. I'll do them in order of least likely to most likely. Okay. Uh, okay. Least likely, ukulele is just becoming a banjo kazooie game. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. it. That's the least likely rumor. The next most likely rumor is that the Xbox version. Will By the have... way, Marty Sleva came up with all of these rumors. These aren't rumors <laughs> that people are talking Noted about Benjamin anywhere. Noted Benjamin super fan, Marty yeah, Sleva. Along with me, man. I, I, I love that stuff. I, I, um, ooh, but I also like Honeycomb cereal. What, you, and I don't, don't see like this. I don't like Benjo. Oh no, I'm great what? with them making this game. This God, is not you're my game. Such a no, no. Jared? I'm so happy they're making this game, but it's not for me. <laughs> all right, what's the most likely? Scenario? I can't. I know. Um, the next most likely scenario is that the Xbox version will have some, you know, Banjo Kazooie playable in it, or some sort of Banjo Kazooie Easter egg. And then uh, I think that the the maybe I did mess up the order of these, but the third rumor is that there's a Banjo Kazooie world or stage. Okay. So it's yeah. like most of the game will still be ukulele, but then they'll go into some, you know, Gruntilda Banjoe. And this is world. all because they put a hexagon for their avatar. Yeah, yeah. but there's also all these other On weird oblique hints and teases at the same time they changed their thing to a honeycomb. No, this one thing is a puzzle piece. That would be that would be completely unambiguous. Because you want to you want to have a good level of ambiguity. I don't think of a honeycomb as being representative of any way it's of your Banjo health Kazooie, bar. except for the health bar. They know what they're doing. You collect but them. But they could have put a sneaker up. Bears love like, honey. Bears he has a honeycomb for his health bar. Now, I have a question about one of your theories, Justin. Like, uh, but what about a music note one. Let's say you do get I mean, Banjo the, in sure. the Xbox version sure. of this. Then this is cross-platform game. Do you get like Spawn in the PlayStation 4 one? Yeah. Or like, who do you put in there? Spawn. He's making a Soul Calibur reference. Daxter? Soul oh, Calibur 2. That works. Had Link in oh, the yeah. GameCube version. And then two guys Spawn yeah. in the Xbox version. Yeah, no, Xbox yeah. fans got hard. No. And I forget what it was in the uh, Sony version. Who was the other? Oh, it was Ryu. Ryu. Or was it Kratos or Ryu? Kratos, no. I don't remember who was in it. I only remember Spawn and Link. I thought it was Ninja Gaiden Ryu was in one of them. Oh, Maybe. I think you're right. And then everyone bought the GameCube version because yeah. they just wanted to be yeah. Link. It's insane that that's a thing that oh, yeah. actually happened. Well, Link was a lot of fun to play as then. I know, but it's just a bizarre, like it just feels like a weird alternate reality where yeah. Link was in an Amco fighting game. Yeah. Also, right. Necrid was there and everybody hated that across all versions. The yeah. final confirmed confirm game for E3 at this point is Zero Time Dilemma, something for Vita, 3DS, and PC. From isn't, X. isn't that the 999 sequel? I don't know. I think so. Wouldn't that be 101010? All right. Anyway, <laughs> here's a shorter list of it games. Just be 1,000, actually. A shorter list of games likely to be at E3. Below, from Cappy, mm -hmm. which I'm going to go ahead and just file that game under. Go ahead and finally put that game out already. Yeah. We've been waiting a long time for that. They've game. been waiting for you. Okay. They're waiting for my go ahead. Guys, you got the green light. You can go ahead and hit launch on Below. Uh, Crackdown 3. Real excited about that. From Cannot Microsoft. wait to play that. Big destruction simulator. Yeah, and that's very, very likely because we, we know that bait is coming soon. Yeah. So. Dreams from Sony. I think they unveiled this last year. You should call that game Nightmares. You create stuff with the move controller? I, I mean, I like yeah. Media Molecule That was the one where they're animating all the claymation. Yeah, but that looks kind of scary. It just looks, I just, I don't know, man. Like, I try to keep an open mind, but it just looks so weird and nightmarish and just strange. How about Nightmares into Dreams? Yeah. Oh, I'm man. just so exhausted by that point in a press conference where it's like, it can't be a game like that. Yeah. Uh, you EA gotta open with that, like. Yeah. EA should have don't FIFA 17. Uh, Square Enix should have, well, they could have Final Fantasy VII Remake. I don't know, they unveiled that last year. Mm -hmm. Gave a big update at PlayStation Experience in December, yeah. so, I don't know. It'd be a, it'd be a good time to see that. Yeah, uh, sure. Gears of War 4 from Microsoft. That mm -hmm. game is coming out this fall. It's almost assuredly going to be at E3. Taking all the right boxes. And Sony should have Horizon Zero Dawn. Yay, cavemen and robots! Cavewoman. Ah, cave, cave, and dinosaurs. Cave people yeah. and robots of indeterminate gender. 
Uh, Ubisoft could very likely have Just Dance 2017. Sure, why not? Did we talk about how we pushed the first game with dinosaurs back a little bit? What do you mean? From that old conversation oh, we had about we figured what was out, the first we game with dinosaurs. We figured out an earlier one. Yeah. Yeah, there right. was a Magnavox Odyssey <laughs> game called uh, shoot, shoot, Shooting Gallery. Uh, it was, was a shooting gallery games. type game, and you could put a gel on your TV for different things you were mm. shooting, and it would be like it would go over your old CRT screen, and it would light up those things that you're shooting. And one of them was a dinosaur safari. Mm. Yep. But if it's not actually in the software, in the code. I don't know that I count it. Well, it lit up the area what behind the dinosaur in the code, was so it, it knew it's like, here's the dinosaur. Was it 72? What, uh, the, the Odyssey 72 or 73? Yeah, it was which. really early. So that would be one of the very first video games ever. Yes. Very exciting. Anyway. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 3. It could 3. be 83. Did you hear about Kingdom Hearts 3 should be at, well, a lot of people hope it'll be at 83. Lawbreakers, the new one from Cliff Blazinski. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, another Square Enix game. Gosh, give someone else a chance, Square. Near Automata, the new Near RPG that was unveiled yeah, last year. Two more from Microsoft. ReCore. Yeah. The yeah. one from uh, Inafune. And who's uh, working in collaboration with somebody else. With, with Prime people. Uh, probably lots, yeah. of Prime people. Yeah. lots of people. Yeah. yeah. But unveiled last year. It looks That's cool, true. but we don't know much about it. And Scalebound. Oh, yeah, two E3s ago, got yeah. an update last Gamescom. We mm -hmm. just presume we'd see those games because they're in production and not canceled. They're big first-party yeah. games. Yeah. And also, one of the reasons you talk about a big show for Square Enix, but some of that is that Square just sent us more stuff and be like, we will tell you this is coming. If you too. are a game developer so, or publisher that yeah. listens to IGN Games, right. send Jared Petty your list of games. That Actually, Miranda Sanchez, but Miranda Sanchez, but, but Jared can forward that. Yeah, I can forward it, or I add them sometimes. All right, or contact our news tips. Yep. <laughs> Which is easy to find at the bottom of any IGN page. Yeah. Or just write us a letter. You can send oh, it to uh, 625 One single screen. drop of blood <laughs> into a pool of still water and say the magic word three right. times. Right. And, and just then just... Uh, pick a single just, rose. Justin Davis appears like a State Farm agent. Just right there. Yeah. Speaking of E3, E3 has announced its own E3 live event this year that's going to be open to the public for the first time. Very exciting for the public, very terrifying for yeah. those having to cover the show. Very spooky. Yeah, I think it's going to be like a separate area. Like I don't even think Oh, I, I love that people get to come in. I, I am a populist. It's just hard but, to go from place to place for a difficult sometimes from a purely selfish place. perspective. Yeah, yeah, but it's not on the show floor, right? So it's, I feel like it's that LA life. Yeah. Yeah. Be out there. But it's very exciting that they're having uh, it, public facing stuff is great. I, I like when uh, I like when publishers and developers are able to interface more in the community. I think it's always a good thing. What really surprises me that is that it's going to be free. It's a ticketed event, but free. Oh, weird. Whereas I would think the ESA could make a few bucks off it if they wanted to charge tickets. I mean, every other con packs. Gamescom, TGS yeah. charges an entry fee. Maybe that has to things. do with the uh, exhibitors. Like if EA or whomever is already paying all this money to be there, that they didn't want to put the consumers behind another paywall. Maybe. Okay, just let them come in and play our Maybe. games. Do you guys think uh, this is in response to the changes that are undergoing E3 and publishers elect certain publishers electing to uh, not participate? Yes. I've, I've been acting a couple, asking a couple of people around here about how all that has come together, and I still don't understand the big picture of that. Do you guys have any insight on, on why all this is happening? I insight. mean, E3 is no. an incredibly expensive show for companies like EA and Activision, and they say, why would we spend millions and millions of dollars to have a big booth right next to our biggest rival where we can spend that same money to have our own event, you know, the week before, a week after E3 or whenever, and not have to share the spotlight? And, and the argument that the ESA has always made is that E3 becomes so big and is such a spectacle that it will attract, uh, attract the attention of you know, USA Today. And you know, it's sort of the one, times of year, one time of year that video games will be on you know, the 10 o'clock evening news on every station yeah. around the country. The big video game conference kicked off it. And it's really cute because that's also the text I got from, get from my dad. What, the big video like, game conference? He's like, yeah, they were talking about E3 on the news tonight. I looked in the crowd shots, but I didn't see you. And I'm like, well, dad, there are 70,000 people there. But. No, that, that's true. My parents go to like their, their friends at church are like, my son's at E3 right now. Yeah. And, yeah so. But I don't know how much that argument really holds water in the internet age that you really need you know, one event to sort of shine a spotlight on, on the video game industry anymore. Do you predict an E for all future? Yeah, I think it'll probably become more Gamescom-y public facing okay. long term. Okay. <laughs> I hear that's a nightmare. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like it's again, it's great for the public, you know. It's, but it's so crowded. It's, it might not it be great very, for very the public. Crowded, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think the idea of a, a public facing video game show is awesome. Just like don't make it too crowded, don't make it too loud. 
Or do what TGS does. I sound really old right now. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to deal with the crowds <laughs> and the noise. No, it's like, it, it does. Kids we, with their big pants. We are in a very privileged it's position. Like pacifiers. <laughs> that's but a, it, that's it is point. super true that, like, if you let, you know, 100,000 members of the public into a show, it makes it harder for us to do our jobs. Like, that's the real talk. But it is good. It's good news for them. Or again, you can do what TGS does, and you have press days and public days. Gamescom does do that, I thought. The developer and publisher pushed back on E3 is cyclical, though. This has happened before. Yep. All this has happened before, and all this will happen again. Exactly, ooh, just like ooh. Battlestar Galactica. Spoilers. Are you an angel? I think you're mixing up your references. No, no, Star no. Fox. You nailed it. Mm. He, he got he got Phantom Menace and Battlestar Galactica in that same reference. I was pretty proud of that. Two levels. <laughs> yep. Uh, it's working. Do you have something to add before we move on? Wizard. I thought I did, but it's gone. Okay. You know, you can't look at my screen in case you in case the video game twenty questions answer starts to pop up there. Let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. Listeners, remember you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com, just like Randall did. Okay. Ooh. Randall Flag. Antoine Randall L. Randall said. For those of you not watching, Damon just got an evil smile on his face. I just, uh, I, I, I like the anticipation when you don't know whether it's going to be Big Tony style. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, it was him two weeks in a row. Yeah. So I, I think he just changes his name some weeks. Yeah. Actually, I think, I, and, uh, to be honest, I have not talked to Big Tony Style about this, but I think oh, he's... Oh, that's really polite. He's just been providing you conversation topics forever. I mean, I'm never, happy to. Never responded. I'm saying, I think he's developed a system. I think he knows when to email GameScoop, and when it's more likely that I'm going to see his email. Yeah, five minutes before the show. He's, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> he's watching you at your desk. That's the part you <laughs> I think know. so. Anyway, Randall says... There is a feature. He's talking about there's a, a major feature missing from video game consoles today. Mm-hmm. There's a feature I've wanted out of video game consoles ever since the iPhone 3G came out. Wow. And that is... A reset button on a controller. A record of the game you've bought and the possibility of playing that game on future devices. I only bring up the iPhone 3G because that is when this concept became a reality. I still have Angry Birds from the year I bought that game and currently can play it on my iPhone 6. Hmm. Nintendo has such a rich collection of games, I would never want to lose access to them. Sure, I could keep a CRT, composite cables, and a Nintendo NES with games. I could also download an emulator, but screw that. I want Nintendo to create this and make it work. I bought Kid Icarus on my Wii. It did not transfer to my Wii U unless I went into the old Wii mode and could play my old stuff. So, the world he wants is step one, buy a game for a console. Step two, you now have that game for every future console from that manufacturer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's um, great. We're all behind that. Yeah. There, there's, yeah, <laughs> thanks, Randall. We've Moving improved on. it. We've Seriously, improved. like that's that, that would be great. the perfect it, thing. Almost, it's like I mean, no, I think like oh, no there's brand. a million reasons not that that'll, that'll never happen, but <laughs> there's there's a million a things thing. that are bad about annualized like a new phone every year, yeah. every year. But one of the good things is. Uh, there's much, much more of an expectation that your software carries over with you. You know, when there's seven years between the PS3 and PS4, I don't know if there's as much expectation that your PS4 will play your old PS3 games, but mm. when I get a new phone, people would lose their minds if their apps just stopped working. And if the apps don't work, it's not Apple's fault, it's the app manufacturer's fault or for not, you know, updating yep. their app to the new OS. Um, yeah, and I, 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 I completely share, sorry, this is the last thing I'll share yeah. is, Starting as the mobile games editor at IGN, I have, there's actually not a way to see a total total, so I counted by hand one time. I think I have over 2,000 games in my <laughs> iTunes account. Wow. And like, that's like, that's a significant, like I could never switch to Android even if iOS became crap because I would lose, I would lose all that library. Like I'm locked into that ecosystem forever now. Hmm. Same yeah. with Steam. I, I like the fact that, that they do that. I do think that things do get left behind and putting the honest on the, on the you, game you developer. Like? I that like get left behind. the idea. I know I like that we can have things like this. I like systems like this exist, but some games do end up getting left behind. I mean, you talk about games getting updated. I have games I can't play anymore on my mobile device, for example, because the manufacturer went out of business or yeah. because they, they're simply not interested in supporting the game anymore. And so, even in a universe where this happens, if we're talking about things by you know anachronistic games by companies that are eventually going to be swallowed by other companies who aren't interested in updating the properties that that previous company produced, things are still going to get left behind, even in that digital reality. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of problems with making that dream come true. Another one you raised in a, in a great article you wrote last week, you were talking about Wii games and what's going to happen when motion controls 
just phase out. How are yep. you going to play these games? These, some of which are great. In games. ten years or twenty years on whatever whatever platform Nintendo's making games, you'll be able to buy every single Zelda game except Skyward Sword. Will be probably left behind. I'm sure someone will figure out how to preserve that game. I'm I'm not sure of that at all. Like the motion controls are so deeply baked into the combat. Like, or I mean, even if that one is like, what about a game like Boomblocks or Wii Sports? The problem yeah. is, it's sometimes it's even harder to, doing it. Someone will figure it out, but doing it legally, I think, is the difficult part. Yeah. Doing yeah. it in the place I mean, where, where it's, yeah. you're not existing in some kind of gray space. Another uh, roadblock I've heard about, I think it was Jeremy Parrish talked about this. Some virtual console services, the SRB charges you when you get a that, game. That's rated. what I was going to bring up. Yeah, okay, why don't mm. you talk about this? Well, yeah. so there, there's a lot of costs that are involved in just making a game again for an, uh, work on another system. So you can either offload those to people, eat them at your company, or have the console manufacturer take those on. So the console ma manufacturer taking those on means that they, in their console, in their software, build emulation software, mm -hmm. or sometimes they put hardware in, yep. which is really weird. Yeah. Like the PlayStation 3 that played PlayStation, PlayStation 2 that. games. Yep. Um, so they, they eat that cost in development, and then they have to update that and make sure it works with all the old games forever, right? So that's them eating that. If they don't want to eat that cost, which they don't, I mean, this is like anything. Like if you can remove you know, one ounce of plastic from your system that you really don't need there, you're gonna save that over tens of thousands of you know production units. It, mm -hmm. it really adds up, everything adds up. Anyway, so they can either eat that cost or you can have the developer of that game keep it playable, right? So you're basically making a remake or a port. When you do that, you have to relicense it for the with the SRB. You have to uh, port it. You have to actually make it playable, and you have to develop that cost. So that's even more money. So like, even though you own a old version of that code, it doesn't mean that the developer owes you a new version of that code to play on your new system necessarily. Mm -hmm. We just don't have that kind of a relationship. So there's cost in just bringing it from console to console and there's no clear path for how it works. Now that's the point you just made where app makers, they eat that cost. IGN updates our app all the time. We do it almost monthly with huge updates to, uh, partially to keep up with OS. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like that's a cost. That's a, a yeah. tremendous cost for our company. And if you think about it, like who's going to eat that cost for Kid Icarus? Then you have things like licensing fees. That's another issue you run into, or licensing agreements. Uh, you have things getting delisted, like Ninja Turtles from the Xbox Store eventually mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. the license ran out. You know, Simpsons games that game were exactly. exactly. Now, if you bought it, you own it forever. You've got that, or at least you own it as long as the service exists. On the thing but, you can play it on. But you can't buy it anymore because that deal hasn't been renegotiated. And then you have things like, I mean, am I ever going to be able to play uh, Ducktales two on a on any, yep. you know, because who's going to go back and negotiate that licensing deal? Who's so make that happen? the point is, if you go back to cartridge, everything will be okay. I mean, we, uh, <laughs> you know, Sam just made such a good point about, um, you know, there's an expectation among people that I bought this game once, I should be able to continue play it now. Like I'm owed that. But, but sort of the missing nuance there that people don't always understand is that it is different software. Like running on the new console, it's not the same software. Some code had to be rewritten and yeah. changed. It is new, it is different, and there is a cost associated with that. So Just think about TVs changing. Yeah. I mean, your TV isn't the same TV you had back in the day. You, it's a different resolution. So you can't I, just make your old code work on it. I definitely agree with the sentiment. It doesn't feel good when your stuff doesn't go with you. I absolutely think that uh, developers can and should find a way to do that when they can, um, but I don't I wouldn't go so far as to say that that's a right or something that people are owed. I don't think they're owed it. I think it's good for console developers yes. and software developers to celebrate their history. I yeah. think it's good yeah. for the relationship with their fans. And I, I think, think backwards compatibility, that's the big argument yeah. for it. Is yeah. this this concern? Mm -hmm. yeah. we, we also always talk about, I mean, we've danced around it all the time on GameScoop lately. It feels weird that it keeps coming up, but just the game preservation. Um, you see services like Good Old Games where their, their whole pitch is preserving these old games and mm -hmm. they didn't run. Like, just PCs couldn't run old DOS games and stuff like that. And they fix them up and polish them up and now they can run again. Yeah. But the funny thing is now that Windows you know, went from 7 to 8 to 9 to 10, some games on good old Isn't games are, are broken. Yeah, yeah. GOG's going to have to rewrite their wrapper again. Yeah, yeah so I, it's, a, it's a weird thing. So Windows I, 10 like broke a lot of GOG games. I, I'm, I'm of the opinion that if you can buy it, you should buy it because somebody went to the trouble to make it for you. And if you can't buy it, just steal it. Um, that's, that's really what I think. And then when it's available, buy it. I think that's a good ethical solution. Don't put it on YouTube if you steal it, you get your videos taken down. Yeah, it's a very different thing. 
All right, moving on. Our next email comes from Alex. He says, I just started listening to this podcast a few months ago, and oh, I love it. That's great. Video Game 20 Questions is my favorite. Wow. Awesome. Last week, you were all talking about the Tetris movie trilogy. I couldn't agree more with the sentiments about this expressed on your show. However, I have had my own idea of what a Tetris movie should look like. I will now recount Alex's idea for a Tetris movie. Lay it on us. My Tetris movie would take place in the early 1990s and revolve around a 10-year-old boy named Dimitri, whose parents had immigrated to the United States from Eastern Europe. He is culturally displaced and torn between the old country of his parents and the customs they want him to hold on to, and the new country of America, the new customs he actually identifies with. Yet he fits into neither. To cap it off, his older brother had joined the U.S. military oh. and was one of the few killed during Operation Desert Storm. Oh. The only possession of his to make it back is a beat-up Game Boy, scorched from the war with a copy of Tetris plugged into it. It still works. Dimitri becomes obsessed with the game, playing it on his deceased brother's Game Boy as a way to cope with his death and the troubles of growing up between cultures. He falls in love with the falling Tetris pieces and seeing them fit together perfectly, making the holes and gaps fill in. The game itself becomes a metaphor for what is happening on the inside of Dimitri as he struggles with growing as a second-generation immigrant and the loss of his older brother. What are your thoughts on this idea for a Tetris movie? Alex, I think this is good, but I, I don't think it goes far enough. Okay. I think this is the first 20 minutes. Of the oh. movie, all right. Oh. Let me let me I, let me add my my own little bit to it now. All right. He's got his brother's scorched, you know, me, partly melted down Game Boy, and, and the the Tetris uh, yeah. cartridge is like melted in there. Like, he's never like taken that it real out. Game Boy. And one day he's playing it, and he, he he gets a ridiculously high score. And then the screen flashes, and it says score recorded, score recorded, uh, organization notified. And then the Game Boy shuts off. And then the power in his, in his whole neighborhood goes out. Oh, shit. Oh, so man. He stumbles outside. He's like, what's going on? The power company rolls up in a van. It's like, everybody, please stay calm. We'll get this all sorted out really quickly. And in the darkness, someone puts a bag over his head and throws him in the back what? Of, the, of the power a, company's van and drives a, off. Okay, this really is like, about this right moment. now it's like an American tale meets Last Starfighter. They're I can't him somewhere. He has no idea who, who has taken him. He it's doesn't a really know different movie than where Alex he's going. Was. And he's like, his mind is racing. How can I get these guys like, to let me go? And he's like, my brother is a, is a Marine. And if he finds out you guys have taken me, you guys would be in trouble. And one of the people in the van just says, your brother was the finest soldier I ever knew. <laughs> So they keep driving, and they, he figures out they're like driving underground somewhere, and they finally stop. They take him out, and they take the bag off his head, and he was in front of this like giant, giant door that's sort of interlocked with pieces. And after a moment, the pieces come apart, yeah. and they reveal this gigantic underground facility where there's Junkie all these like Kong. scientists working, and they're working on these gadgets, and there's soldiers training. And then one of the guys. <laughs> I love that you have somehow transformed his heartwarming, like, like family like, tale. He's like, this. "What is this?" And he's like, "Welcome to the Tetris Initiative. <laughs> We're a dark organization working behind the scenes to make all of the blocks of the world fall into place. Your training begins now." <laughs> Tetris. Okay, I got, I got it continued from there. Okay. All right, and then, uh, and then it goes to makes that sound. And then, uh, yeah. yeah, and then that's the sound. Uh, cut to a, a, a nice, like, cartoony suburban household. Okay. Okay. And in bed, a little elf shaped block wakes up <laughs> and he says, That was a really weird dream. It's pretty good. That's Twilight Zone episode. This is like the Star Tropics 2 ending where you find out the people you're rescuing are Tetris blocks. Don't know what you're talking about. Yep, that's totally how that game ends. No, no one ever, way. No one beat that yep, game. Yep, totally. Um, if but we make this, no, Alex, and then, I'll, and then I'll share. the credits roll and all the Nintendo characters play instruments. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like Donkey Kong on like the, the stand up bass. Yeah. Uh, but I, I like his original pitch. I think it's a, Oh you like, don't like mine. Okay. No, I like yours <laughs> no. very much. I, I I like his uh, I like his kind of American tale uh, pitch there. That's a neat idea for like a human uh, a what video games mean to us movie. I like mm -hmm. that. Uh, so that, that, to, that to conclude this, I interviewed the creator of Tetris, Alexei Pajanov, mm -hmm. and know the story of Tetris and what Tetris means and what it actually is all about. And I still have that interview on a hard drive, and I need to make a story about it. The story of Tetris. Are you going to tell it? No. No? Oh, that's such a great story. It's one great. day, one day he'll tell the tale. Yeah. yeah that's a, but yeah, Damon, what, what inspired the giant like interlocking doors in the bowl? Yeah, Tetris box. The, like, Tetris box. What did inspired it? it? No, like, where, where did, how did you tell <laughs> it? Out of all the things he talked about. I like the door. I mean, it's got to be yeah. a big. It's got to be a big, impressive 
It's door. a Tetris okay. door. Tetris. Yeah. Tetris, Tetris door. Tetris inspired. I don't remember. You think it should just be like a... Tetris inspired no, everything you thought? No, I'm just asking. A regular revolving was, door. No, I, 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 this was not criticism. This was a question. I just wondered, like... What, the what answer is just so obvious. <laughs> <laughs>Okay, now it's time for video game 20 questions. My friends here have 20 yes or no questions yeah, oh to guess this week's mystery game that was suggested by Rob from Australia. Don't screw us, Rob. They call, right. him, uh, they call so, him Oi. Aussie Rob. Remember, it's a uh, croc. The NES wasn't wasn't really big there. They got the PAL version. It that's, was around, but true. not popular. They, they, did, they did have that, but oof. they had arcades. I want to point out that I got so many more tweets about <laughs> video games that. Uh, about where characters don't hold anything in their hands. Yeah. <laughs> Last week we were trying to come up with videos what happens? where a human doesn't hold anyone, anything in their hands. You play as a human and then I asked, do you hold anything in your hands? And they, they all thought that was the dumbest question. And then Damon's like, name one video game where you don't hold anything in your hands. And I was like, oh. He couldn't come up with I it. guess that's true. But, then but I people got, suggested The Witness. Yeah. Yeah. Super Mario Brothers. No, you no, hold... Uh, you hold a stuff. fire you flower. Can hold Mario One, you don't hold anything. You hold anyway. a fire flower. You don't hold a fire. He's not holding a flower. Do yeah, you, I think uh, in, the, in the cartoons he's holding. Well, yeah, flowers. in the cartoons he's holding. Well, he catches it sometimes. Does your character wear? Do you do you wear a hat? Uh, totally unclear. Does that count as a? Does wow. that count? As <laughs> totally yes. unclear. Was uh, was this game released after uh, January first, two thousand? No. Bef uh, same question, nineteen ninety. Yes. Yes. So wait, so, it's, so it is in the it's a 90s, 90s game. Okay. Uh, was this it sounds game... like Clax. It is the future. And there's time for Clax. Did this game appear it is on, it is on, on a Nintendo platform? I believe that. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry, I missed that one. We were over here I talking about I asked if it appeared on a Nintendo platform. It's a Nintendo platform. So it could be SimCity. Okay. Um, do you... Uh, is your avatar on screen? No. In this game? Then it would so be clear if you wore a hat or not, Jared. Not necessarily. <laughs> yes, it could be like would. in the cockpit of an airplane or something. Mm. Um, Five questions. Oh, it's been a long time. I forgot all my good questions. We need to narrow down platform, yeah. and we need to narrow down if it was an exclusive or not. We know it appeared on yeah, Nintendo Yeah, is platforms. this a Nintendo? Oh, we already asked that. No, exclusive. not if it was an oh, exclusive. exclusive. Oh, we didn't ask that. All right, well, he already shook his head, so I'm not going to ask it. <laughs> No, come on. <laughs> come on, come on, come on, come on. We, I want to stay above board. I want our victory to be uh, legit. I didn't make that mistake. <laughs> uh, is it a Nintendo exclusive? No. Come yeah, on, that was nice of you. Uh, did this game appear, uh, was this uh, like a 32 slash 64-bit era game? No. Okay, so probably 16-bit or, or it could be a late NES game. Well, yeah, but that's unlikely. But unlikely. Is this a well? Yeah, that, that's tough. So, yeah, so a Genesis SNES game. Right from that could generation. be SimCity. Not an exclusive. Could be SimCity. Could be Tetris. Could be a Game Boy game. Yeah, it could be puzzle. It could be strategy. Yeah, game Tetris was eighty nine. No, um, could be. Is it a puzzle game? Yes. Okay. That's a that's great actually. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's, I'm, I'm thrown for a loop that we're incredibly narrows progress. Down. It can't be Tetris Attack because that's not. Could on. still be Clax. Yeah, because it was the '90s. But why would he have the I don't look? think that's on Super Nintendo. I don't know. Was I'm trying to think about multi-platform puzzle games. Oddly enough, like I'm thinking about like Columns, and a lot of those were exclusive to like one. Yeah, that wasn't mm -hmm. on Super Nintendo. No. Yeah. Uh, Tetris Doctor Mario was. Yeah. Um, yeah, but even those are exclusive. Like multi-platform puzzle games is just throwing me for a loop now. But pu puzzle is a little bit confusing too. I mean, I mean, bust a move. Well, we just said it wasn't a Nintendo exclusive. Columns was a Sega exclusive. So no, but we, we know it appeared it's on, not on Nintendo on platform. Super Nintendo. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Uh, did this? Uh, does it involve manipulating uh, blocks? Are you flipping around blocks? No. Does it involve manipulating like blobs, like squishy things? No. Okay, just. That's just, ten questions. Sorry. All right. I thought I knew what it was for a second. Maybe um, reach. Is is, it, is, there, is, there, is this part of it? Is it a spin-off game from a bigger series? The game that we're talking about? Yeah. No. So it's not Puzzle Fighter or anything like that. But but there are spin-offs for it. Is what I got from them. Yeah. <laughs> we're reading between the lines a lot here. Uh, are they? So yeah. Should I ask sequels? Sure. Yeah, but I don't know that that even helps me. I don't have a vision in my head. We, you don't manipulate blocks. Like, what does that leave in terms of puzzle? Oh, like well, that's why I was trying to no, n eliminate Yoshi's and Yoshi's Cookie yeah. and Wario's Woods from mm -hmm. that last question. Those are the big 
puzzle games besides right, Tetris and Dr. So Mario. So it's not a spin-off. So it's not any of the Yoshi's Cookies or Wario's Woods or any of that garbage, and it's not any of the traditional blocks. It could still be it Buster. Could be so it puzzle, could be but like, does puzzle mean like like is point and click adventure a puzzle? Yeah. It, if the game were a point and click adventure game, I would not have said it is a puzzle. Puzzle game. game. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm just trying to think. Like, give me an example of a puzzle game that doesn't manipulate blocks. Bust a move. Bust a move. Uh, Puyo Puyo. Uh, Hatris. Yeah. Um, let's see. There's a few others, and that we're just thinking in terms of like that kind of. Oh God. And it's unclear whether you have a hat. So you're not. It's, it's not, not Hatris. It's not Bust a move <laughs> because you're the little dinosaurs in that game. Yeah, you know you don't. Yeah, have you're, you play. You see your avatar on screen in that yeah. game. Yeah. So it can't be that. Uh, did this game get sequels? Yes. Oh, that's helpful. Are they still so making sequels? What's that? Are they still making sequels? I wonder. I could ask that. That's a good question. You want to ask if they're still making sequels? Uh, they're still making sequels? No. Is it a Japanese developed game? No. Ooh. Shoot. <laughs> that's interesting. Uh, but so was it, was it like, like was EA making puzzle games in the 90s? You know, Not like, I'm trying, the multi-platform thing's really throwing me for a loop. Do you think we're going to get this one to him? You that doesn't count as a question. Yeah, I know. You got six questions left. 16-bit era puzzle you guys are, game. This you is guys are kind of on the wrong track. To be yeah, I'm wondering. <laughs> kind of, kind of going the wrong way here. Uh oh. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking like I'm thinking about like I wouldn't call Lost Vikings a puzzle game, but when I'm picturing puzzle, I'm not. I'm worried I'm not picturing the right kind of puzzle game. Well, that, I think Lost Vikings we would have gotten at least a, a contingency. But you know what I mean, like yeah, as an I example. What about yeah, Lemmings? Like, yeah, 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 like a Lemmings, lemmings or like something along game. those lines. Right, but you see your avatar. Well, no, you're blowing shit up. So. But even yeah. so, like puzzle is very broad, yeah. and I'm I feel like I'm honed in on the wrong kind of puzzle. Or we yeah. didn't do consoles, so it could be Mario versus Donkey Kong or Donkey Kong '94. Uh, it could be that. It could be that. That's kind of a puzzle game, but a those are runner style puzzle those are game. Those aren't exclusive. I'll call, I will call Donkey Kong '94 platform. Yeah, I'm it's like Road Runner, a kind of a puzzle platformer. Um, but we know you don't manipulate blocks, which I know you don't in Lemmings either. Well, Lemmings was on the Super Super Nintendo. I mean, so that that would totally. And it's multi-platform. <laughs> What's going on, Damon? <laughs> I think it's Lemmings. Is this a game where you where you implement? I didn't even stop. I didn't even put up a wall here. <laughs> Otherwise, Jessica just stare at me and yeah. get me to react. Can, can yeah. you? Can you? Can you accidentally or intentionally kill a bunch of little lemmings in this game? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this game be lemmings? Yeah. Actually, <laughs> that. We were on. The, we were getting there anyway. Even yeah. Before. Well, you, got, you guys got hung up on Nintendo. Being on, I mean, yeah, it came to Nintendo, but that wasn't really what. I, I mean, played that, was, that so yeah. much on my Super Nintendo, though. I was I hung I up on it. I was trying to think of multi-platform puzzle games. Yeah, that was DMA, right? The guys that went on to developed do, yeah, by DMA Cygnosis. Design. Yeah, when I published by Cygnosis. Grand Theft Auto. Right. Yeah, Originally yeah. published on the Amiga in 1991, and then just came to everything. Have you ever Lemmings, watched Lemmings 3D was on 3DO? Have you ever watched that that uh, Game Center CX where Arno plays all of Super Nintendo Lemmings in one sitting? No. Oh man, it's it's beautiful. It's we have so like great. eight hours. Of I don't think you should. Yeah, they, they edited Game Center there. CX isn't like a boring yeah, like I live play. Yeah, yeah they, they they edited it I down. I do need a better. You can't just, you, that needs to be a rule. You're not allowed to just try you're, and look at me and make me laugh. No, but you had, when I said, is it Lemmings, I was looking at you, but secretly looking at Damon. <laughs> I was trying not to he react. didn't react at all. Uh, no, no, he, Damon nailed it. I, I think was, he did a good job. Justin right. got me to, <laughs> got me to crack. I spent a lot of time playing Lemmings. That who, was a fun man, game. Man, who hasn't? Yeah. It's yeah. a real good game. It's great. Where they plug their ears and explode. Yeah. yeah. It's so weird. <laughs> Lemmings is really, I, I'm sad that they're not still making A Lemmings DS games. one would be really interesting, right? Oh, yeah. Yes, would be good. It would be great on mobile. iOS on mobile, and they have not made a new Lemmings game, to my knowledge. That's a good point. I think Sony owns the license for that currently. Why? Hmm. Whoa. Uh, the last one was on Vita. Uh, for there was a Vita well, what's, one? A, what's another small, adorable animal that like marches ever onward toward its death that we could make one about? Well, there is a Mario March of the Minis yeah. Mario series. Yeah, it's March of the Minis. There's that's we not were, nearly as neat as that. There's mm -hmm. that. Uh, oh, we were talking about this the other day. There's a uh, Simpsons one that was kind of like that, right? Yeah, Krusty's Funhouse. Yeah. Before we go this week, as an example of the hard-hitting investigative journalism I do on my Twitter account, <laughs> I posted this poll earlier today. Would you, if someone told you you have to either pay five thousand dollars or give up pizza for life, what would you do? I'd give up pizza. See, I'd pay five. I'd yep. pay five thousand dollars to eat pizza for the rest of my life. Are you right. kidding me? Okay. You still have to, You don't get free pizza. You're not that. getting any free pizza. I'm fine with you're that. Just, you're paying if five thousand dollars for fine, the ability to keep eating pizza. Yeah, I'll pay that fine. No, hey, I give up. No pizza. question. Hey, economics are important right now, so I'm going to have to go with no pizza. But I don't even eat. Like I like pizza. I enjoy. I love pizza. But like I've I've eaten pizza once this month. Like, I don't care about pizza that much. Today? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Today. 
I had pizza at least three times this week, and it's only yeah. Wednesday. Yeah, I really, I really adore pizza, but five thousand dollars is a lot of money. That's I know people love pizza. That's why I wanted to know. You if have to be willing to pay a high tax, a pizza tax. To you have to amortize like how many times are you going to eat pizza in your life yeah. after this, and then divide like okay, if I That's eat it once a dollar a slice for the rest of your life. <laughs> That's a lot. I, I probably eat pizza one, once a week, and that explains a lot. I mean, that's, that's kind of... Well, pizza is the greatest thing that's ever happened. It's really good. On Earth. A slight majority is, is, is electing to pay the ransom at the moment. 57% said they will pay $5,000. I ran a similar experiment where I asked people if they thought ghosts were real. Yeah. Such a shockingly high percentage of people said yes. Mm -hmm. I told you. Yeah. yeah, people believe that's a thing. A I, lot of things. I it should not be surprised. One that third of people believed ghosts were real. Okay, two things. One third of people two, two, two things. Are, first, first, I lived in a haunted house, so I totally believe in ghosts. Second, you said you saw the Mothman. So who are you kidding? He's not a ghost. So he recanted. Mothman's real. I didn't read. He didn't no. recant. He was just talking about the Mothman again the other day. I don't know about that. People bring the Mothman up to me way more often than I bring it up. I have no but problem with the Mothman. When you bring something like Did that up. Did you make up, the pizza call? What do you mean? What would you do? Oh, oh yeah, good question. Uh, I don't. I would not pay five thousand dollars. But if you switched out cheeseburgers for pizza, oh, yeah. I would. I'd pay the pizza tax or the cheeseburger tax. Really? Is yeah. there anything in life better than a perfect cheeseburger? Yeah, a piece of pizza. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sp I'm more of a more of a cheeseburger guy. Myself. That's because you've had shitty pizza your whole it's life. It's kind of great that these are both foods that like people in a '90s brawler would pick up off the ground and eat to yeah. get their health back. Yum. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Or just a big roast turkey. Yeah, for some reason. That'd be, or a poked pork chop in a wall. Sorry, Dan. Ran a recent poll asking people if they thought dinosaurs would have tasted good. The majority said, yeah, they probably would have tasted good. That's a tough call. And birds taste good. Dinosaurs, what do you think? Are and so, do birds, right? so does alligator. Yeah. Which is oh. basically a dinosaur. But don't you have to good. flavor it a lot? No, alligator, it's it actually got a lot of natural oil, so it, it, yeah. it comes out tasting really strong on its own. Real people like ostriches, they're big birds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The ostrich burger I had one time was kind of dry, but... Yeah, I don't know. Tell you what's good. Horse. I, I don't know. Chevelle, is that what they call it? Uh, I had it in, in Japan. I don't remember what... What is the word for horse? I forgot. Well, Anyways, we're real good. Do you have horse, like, sushi? Uh, I had horse... What? I, I had, know that they serve yes, that. I had horse sushi, what? and I had I a cook buff. Yeah. Yeah, I had horse sushi, and it was really, really good. They also make horse ice cream. Right, I never I had that. I, would, I just... I kind of want to end the show. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. But like, horse was good enough that I would eat it on its own. Like, like if I had the choice, I would eat horse. It's that good. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. No, would I you pay a five thousand dollar tax on video games? Yes. Yes, I'd pay five thousand dollars if I had to keep playing video games. What about pizza? <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's all the scoops we have for this week. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Jared. Thank you, Sam. My name is Damon. This is IGN Game Scoop, and we're out. Powerful, evil, super powerful robot, evil. Super powerful robot evil. Super powerful robot evil. Super powerful. Evil robot.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.